Right, this is the Entrepreneur's Half Hour. Uh, joining me is Robert Hollis from San Fran. No, not from... No, oh, he is in San Francisco. Yes, you are in San Fran. I talked about you earlier in the um, in the show, Robert, and I said LA for some reason. I don't know why I get both those places mixed up. They're not too far away from each other, but they're both um, very different. Robert's a Kiwi living over in San Fran, and he's doing some pretty awesome things. Thank you so much for joining me this evening, Robert. How are you, my friend? Back into the mix. Yep, Boogie. back into the mix. Um, I guess, first of all, um, big announcement today. You're coming and joining our team for, for next year. Let's go. I'm the hypes, mate. Very excited. I tell you that um, I was just averagely stoked, but I, it's a full lie, Lloyd. I'm actually insanely excited, so it should be fun. Can you tell us, I mean, is there much you can tell us about what you're doing, or is that is it all still pretty hush-hush? Oh, mate, the lawyers, I mean, they, they know what's coming. So the lawyers have got involved already. They've got NDAs all around me. They've locked me down into a room, and I can't tell anyone anything until the time is right. It's all been sense-checked. But what I would say is that it's going to be fun. Because I think, you know, if you're not having fun, then stuff it. You know, I think we'll start at that and just navigate around all the rest of it around it. But no, it should be good. I mean, on a serious note, though, like, big one for me is, you know, I, I just have this saying in my head that, you know, I think New Zealand wins when New Zealanders win. So the more I think we can, you know, get education and awareness out around business, you know, edu- you know, entrepreneurship, whatever it may be, um, I think it's going to help others, and that's pretty cool. So a bigger platform, more eyeballs, more people, more more ear- eardrums and the rest of it will be, will be good and it'll be... Definitely an interesting road, so I'm, I'm, I'm excited for it. It's going to be good. Um, I probably should say, before we move on, if you've got any questions for Robert, because he's great at business advice, and he's got some pretty awesome advice, and he's, he's, he gives it out for um, absolutely free, um, send me the text, 3920, with any questions, any queries. It doesn't matter how big or small you are or if you're um, just starting out or if you've got a brilliant idea. We've had, we've had it all, really, over the last couple of weeks, so send it through, 3920 is the number, and I'll put it to Robert, and he'll give you some advice. Um, on anything really um so so just a little bit about your show the lawyers your show for next year the lawyers should be worried (laughs) oh i think we're what we should we're we're probably going to have like in all seriousness we may need to do some type of over under on how long it will take until i say something stupid and get in trouble but i've already front footed it by letting everyone know that you know when you know the mouth goes faster than the brain sometimes there may be some slip-ups but I feel, as long as the intent is right, we should be okay. But uh, no, in all seriousness, it's, it's going to be good. And I think, um, yeah, the one for me, which I kind of do think about on a serious note is, you know, like in New Zealand, there's over half a million small businesses, right? And one of the coolest things about, you know, when we've been having this segment on the show, Lloyd, is, you know, when people are texting and they can do it anonymously so they can not be fearful around asking a question because most of the small businesses and stuff that I talk to, they're actually genuinely fearful to ask someone for help. They, they don't know how to navigate a certain situation. They don't know who to go to in their circle. And even just opening up a platform where they can ask anonymously or send through the text through is so good because every time they do that, they potentially may not, that could be like a, another dream that gets unlocked, another an idea that gets sparked, another potential breadcrumb of positivity, which helps them potentially think of something a bit differently. And that outlet, I think at scale can make a big difference to not only, you know, businesses and individuals, but, you know, when businesses grow, they hire more people, they feed more families, you know, it, it genuinely changes lives. So even just the format of what we're already doing at the moment is going to be um, epic, if not even better as it, you know, expands out. So, um, yeah, that, that, I, I think it's really important for New Zealand to to do that for business. I think you've already come up with your slogan as well: "New Zealand wins when New Zealanders win." You know, I can just hear, sort of hear the, the the intro and outro, or you know, the stings within your show. Yeah, New Zealand wins when New Zealanders win with Robert Hollis from San yeah. Francisco. Uh, no, it's 
Yeah, like I mean, like I, like I'm I'm genuinely kind of serious about it. You know, like I've met you know hundreds, if not thousands, of people now that you know try to get into this game and whatever. And and always, what happens is, you know, there's this kind of for people to like execute externally, go and create something, or do something, or try something, or be brave enough. It needs to come from internal bravery first. And there's always just such a disconnect between how people are feeling internally to be brave enough to try to go and to do, and, you know, whether it's the tall poppy syndrome or whatever it may be, it's such a simple, this one little hack around, you know, New Zealand, we can do so much better. And I think for me, you know, I've been able to, you know, been able to, fortunate enough to travel the world. And for the last 20 years, I've been able to go everywhere and do everything. I, w- I just want to see more Kiwis, like, win, go local to global, like, build, go, do. And, you know, when you get stuck in a small little bubble, I don't think it... Um, and I think people will have future regret if they don't try sooner. So I guess if I can be one small catalyst and one small way to do it, I'm more than happy to do it. Yeah, heck, if you've got a brain like yours, mate, it's a good good idea that you're sharing it, and I think that's pretty cool. Um, we've got a, f- a couple of texts that have come in already. I'm not too sure what this first one um, kind of means because I don't have a business brain like you, but you might make sense of it. Hi, how do I value a database of clients? It's a service-based business. How do I value a database of clients? It's a service-based business. Interesting. So what they, like, say within, say, let's say lawyers, for example, they have a thing called a book. Now, what the book is, is essentially all of your clients all listed out, how much they potentially spend each year, right? And then that gets totaled up. And when they think about their book or their database or their, their client list, it's got a number attached to it. So say for argument's sake, we have 100 clients, they spend, you know, 1000 bucks a year. Cool. That's $100,000. Well, your book or your database is essentially worth $100,000 every, every year. So what happens is there's a, um, there's a multiplier that people will do when they look to buy the business. And, you know, some might say, okay, if you're making 100000 a year, maybe the multiplier is three. So let's say your service business is, you know, $300,000. If you go into technology, it can crank up to, you know, 10, 12, way more, way more. You can, you know, go down there. So that's why a lot more people are going into tech. So to answer the, the question, it would be, you know, what's the recurring, um, what's the retention and drop-off rate? So if out of 100 customers at the end of every year, like how many of those out of 100 are you actually keeping? Is it 90? Is it 95? Is it 50? If it's only 30, you've got a pretty big drop-off. So I'd be thinking about, you know, customer retention. But, you know, if you've got a pretty well-oiled machine that's got a really high retention rate and these these 100 customers coming back year after year, that, that's showing that you've got a good product and service. So people will look at those type of metrics. So um, the next question I'd basically be asking in a nutshell would be going, okay, um, how, what's the retention rate? How much to spend? And potentially, where can that grow? And then do some digging around what I don't know what type of other services they're actually doing, but um, do some Googling around other um, uh, exit valuations based on service based businesses. So, if you just go to google.com, type in um, various you know, uh, service based um, exit acquisitions or whatever, start doing some digging and you'll be able to look into you know, lawyers, accounting, whatever it, it may be. So, it's a good way to start. But so basically, they're talking about how much recurring revenue you have. Okay, so it's kind of like a, like a hairdresser being like, well, I've got all of these really loyal clients. Uh, when I go and join a business, how do I make sure that I'm being paid for the value that that kind of that book of clients brings to that business? Is that, I guess, what that message means? Is is that right? Hundred percent, hundred percent. Yeah. So if you know if, if you're a hairdresser and you've got you know fifty clients and they or five hundred clients and they all come into you every year, year on year, that's pretty solid and secure. So anyone, anywhere. 
you're going is going to be a higher level of leverage that you'll have. So basically, you will get paid more if more people stay with you in your service business. You will get paid more if you can, you know, sell them new products and services. Um, it's all, it's all, basically that's that's what they're talking about. Okay, okay, good. Well, I hope that um, that, that advice um, served you well. There's no n- name on that text, but that's cool. I hope that um, that that answer was good because it certainly was good for me. Um, there's another one from Sarah. Uh, which is pretty good. I really want to start a business. I'm debt-free but have zero capital. Should I go the investor route or save up for years and years? That's from Sarah. Don't wait years to start something now. Um, one of the biggest things that, and obviously we don't know what type of, like if she's trying to build rockets and you know, maybe you're going to need some investment. But <laughs> yeah, Sarah, the, let us know what you're trying to, majority, what you're trying to do. Yeah. <laughs> If it's not a hardware business where you've got big infrastructure costs of, of literally building big machinery and stuff, so much of the frameworks and the, the tools that you actually need for business, you can get online for for pretty much minimal cost right now. So depending on what type of business or, you know, let's for argument's sake, it's a hairdresser she's wanting to do. Well, if she doesn't have the capital for that, you know, to be able to do a bank may not be fully keen to do it. So, you know, do you start out and you go in and then, um, you know, you get a chair at one spot, you build up your client base, build up revenue, and then do it that way. So the way to, the, my opinion is kind of figure out what's one move that you can make towards that goal without it costing you hard money. And it doesn't actually take that that much. And I think a lot of people put their dreams on pause because they think it's going to cost too much and this and that. But Practically, as long as you're not building crazy big stuff or physical, you know, manufacturing or whatever, everything else you can pretty much try some type of MVP or some type of like, you know, minimal viable product or a pilot program or something. So my suggestion would be don't get, don't, you know, don't throw it out the window right now. Stop. Think about what's one simple move you could make to try and create a pilot, a template, the first product, whatever it may be. And you'll usually be surprised where it can be a lot, lot, lot cheaper. Should, I mean, should Sarah kind of put together a business plan and what and like costings and all that type of stuff, and then go to the bank and say, "Hey, look, I'd love a loan. I want to start a business and get a business loan." Is that how people can start if they are like? I'm just thinking if I want to go and start a brewery somewhere, um, that's probably what I'd do because I've got no money <laughs> at all in the bank. Um, but is that what Sarah should do? Yeah, you need it 100. percent So there's, you know, um, we did this. Uh, a bunch of free resources for startups. If you just go to dialed.org.nz, D-I-A-L-A-E-D.org.nz, there's a free resources tab, and under um, strategy, there's a whole section there where basically it's just like a one-page sort of business startup plan you can do, and then you can show that to your friends, you can take it to the bank, you can take it to potential investors, you could take it to uh, potential customers even to, 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 that might be potentially working with you, but... Definitely, you need to write it down, and the best way to start is doing a one-page but simple business plan, and um, you can get to it at dialed.org.nz, free resources, click the link, and then have it have a bit of a play. Totally free, and then you can actually print it out and make it real, and it gets you into the next steps. So that's the first thing I do. Okay, awesome. And Sarah, if you if you um, if you're there and you want to let us know what your business idea is, so we can give you some more uh, specific. Well, when I say we, I mean <laughs> Robert. If you want some more specific, um, just don't advice. say rockets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you'd be surprised. I'm sure you'd surprise yourself. There was a message coming in that said, "How do I get a pay rise? How do I ask for a pay rise without coming across as um, a bit of a, a bit of a prick?" I think was the gist of the message. Um, and you, you, because you've always worked for yourself, you didn't really know the answer, but you've gone out and crowdsourced some advice. Can you? give us a bit of a, a quick a quick update yeah totally like usually i'm 
usually I'm pretty good, Lloyd, with answers, but I generally didn't know the answer because I've never been in that spot because I guess I've always you know, started and run my own sort of companies. And I felt really bad after. I was like, you know, Lloyd, I haven't done the best for you, so I need <laughs> well, to you shouldn't. You shouldn't have felt bad. I, I went... I, I, I went out um, and I did a little video and asked a bunch of the crew on um, on my LinkedIn page, and it was really good because a bunch of um, info came back. You know, um, uh, some of them was you know uh, look at your employment agreements because usually they um, are built in review clauses into the agreements. So you can you know check in that, um, and then one I do need to give shots to is Jessica Cree who said you know one do it in person. You know, choose your time to discuss wisely. Um, you know, know the value that you bring to the business with actual facts. So you know, don't get emotive think about like facts and statistics because at the end of the day it's you know genuine money and then if it's um you know if it's in sales go with the figures you know showing you consistent success so you know really digging into um you know facts and stats around specifically how you're helping grow the business don't be involved with do it in person i think most importantly with it is you know choose the time to do it to do that (laughs) you have someone's had a super bad day at the end of a friday you know, it's been a gong show of a week. The last thing you want to do at four o'clock is sit down and be like, hey, give me some more money. So I think, you know, basically it's prepare, time, position, and then and then go for gold. But um, knowing, knowing your value is definitely a, a key thing. So there's some, there were some, um, some great answers that came through. It was awesome. Rebecca, I think that's pretty much what you said last week. Last week you pretty much said that. There was, I mean, yeah, so you weren't too far off. Um, yeah, pretty good. Um, all right. Yeah, I, 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 I took a stab at it, but I think this was, they've actually done it. I was just freestyling it. But it's good to know that, you know, I'm kind of still, kind of still on point, even though I haven't been in that situation. So, you know, good good score for the EQ for the day. Well done. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, I mean you're working for, for us now next year anyway, so you probably have had to have these talks. So you probably, you'll get pretty good at them. Well, I don't think I can ask for more money before I've started. Or maybe, maybe I need to, I, I'll, try, I'll ask you how it works. I don't know. Next week's going to be like, hey, man. I'm, <laughs> Mate, you're the entrepreneur. All I do is just talk smack into a microphone all day. Um, all right. This next question is actually quite good because um, I'd like to know the answer to this as well. It's from Tony. Any advice for someone in regards to turning off your brain? I have realised that since I started my own business, I'm always on and it's really affecting my sleep and as a result, the work output the next day. That's from Tony. Oh, you're going to oh, love it. Tony, great question. So if you run your own business or if you're an entrepreneur, this is such a massive thing because your brain doesn't stop. And especially like, you know, I've got a folder with 250 different business ventures and ideas that I want to do. My brain does not stop the entire time. So a couple of things which I've done and I've tested and tried to, you know, life hack my way through the last couple of years. And I've found a couple of things that really work for me. The first one is, my phone goes on do not disturb when I go to bed or at night. And my phone does not go into the bedroom with me. My phone says on silent, do not disturb outside. And what I do is I've got this small $20 um, voice recorder and I put it next to my bed and it means that basically I've swapped off, I've, I've, I've sort of like left that there and if any ideas comes up, I just like roll over, record it there and done. The next thing I do is I um, basically every day I try to have um, you know a solo planning time. So about five minutes at the start of the day before I do anything, I sort of sit down. I, I get into the zone to try and you know decompress down how what I'm going to do and how I'm going to do it. And another little hack that I do as well is I will um, in my calendar I break down different types of activity with different colours. So if it's a bunch of admin tasks, I put it in yellow. If it's personal stuff, I put it in green. If it's money-related stuff, I put it in red. If it's calls, I put it in purple. And what it does is visually when I look through my week, 
you know, on a Friday I go through my next week's calendar, I can see where my time is spent and if it's too much on one different venture here or too much personal time here or too much admin stuff there or whatever it may be. So the key to do it when you start out is you need to get it outside of your brain onto something and then get it out of, your, out of, out of the bank. So whether you write it down, you know, I've got a moleskin thing, which I'll do. I've got a voice recorder or a quick notes as well. But the key is getting it out of your head, setting up rules so you don't engage with it, but you still have got a backstop and then forcing yourself to, um, to reset and be alone. Plus, you know, meditation and stuff um, definitely helps a lot too. But basically, if you don't get yourself sorted, you're going to be stuffed because sooner or later it'll get overwhelming. It's going to turn to a flipping gong show and then it's, it's game over. So, you know, your business doesn't do good unless you're good. So that needs to be first, work around everything else and then go from there. That's just like pretty good for your mental health as well when you when you actually write things down. If you're battling or struggling or anything like that, a good way to, to do it is to buy a diary or a moleskin and just start writing stuff down um, or even sharing it with someone. It's a good way to, to get it out of your brain and, um, and then you'll be able to at least sleep at night. Totally. And I think the, take, keeping the phone outside of your room when you go to bed is massive and having it on do not disturb. And so you kind of draw that line where this is like, this is my space for me. And the other thing I do is each week I sit alone, um, like personal alone time where I literally just go sit down there with a, you know, a heavy, nice pen and noir, headphones on, feet up, got my mouse going out and I'll just do my, my planning and thinking. And, and I just like force yourself to be alone weekly for at least an hour. Just start with that. And you'll be surprised at how much clearer headspace you actually have. So you, you know, you, you go into life proactive with what you're doing, what you're trying to do, and what you're trying to achieve. Yeah, pretty cracker advice. Um, hope, hopefully that helps you, Tony. Um, there's one that's coming from Mike. Um, I don't know if you want to respond to this, but it says, I bet San Fran has oodles of swashbuckling entrepreneurs looking for the main chance. Silicon Valley would be infested with them. I don't even know what swashbuckling entrepreneurs are, but, I mean, you're, you've, you're in San Fran. Silicon Valley's not far away. Uh, is it full of swashbuckling entrepreneurs? Uh, yes and no. Um, basically, San Fran and the Bay Area, or Silicon Valley, is where all the money's basically been as the epicenter for, for talent and IP and, and funding and VC deals. But what's actually happened through COVID is a, a bunch of the top talent and money has actually shifted out. Like, say, in New York, like 10 different billionaires within 90 days all shifted out and went down to Florida. You know, a whole bunch of talent has now gone global. So what was the epicenter to, ha to have to be there is now lo no longer the case, which actually works to New Zealand's advantage because it means that a lot more um, investors and whatever are looking elsewhere and there's, there's not just a definitely hard no on anyone that's not in the bank. Basically, everyone used to come here to try and get the cash. Now it's not necessarily the, um, the be-all and end-all. So COVID has actually made... Um, potential investments from overseas capital way easier than it would have been, you know, two years ago. So that's one little, you know, uh, speck of glimmer from of hope and, and goodness that's actually come out of it. But to answer the question, yeah, there's a whole bunch of muppets rolling around trying to get cash for some stupid ideas. But there's also some great <laughs> humans there too. So you need to never navigate around. <laughs> oh, I love it. That's a good place to end it. Thank you so much. Um, there was a few other texts, but you know we'll, we'll leave them till next week. Thank you so much, Rebet. Always lovely to chat to you. That's Rebet Hollis, who's a Kiwi entrepreneur um, living over in San Francisco, uh, and he's joining the team next year, which will be pretty awesome. Yeah, he's a pretty pretty buzzy dude. Love him. Uh,